give a warm welcome to everybody both in the building here and those who are at home and we pray that the Lord would be blessing us this evening as we come before him and worship him we're going to begin by singing in the words of Psalm 101 page 363 and we're going to sing verses 1 to verse 6 I mercy will and judgment sing Lord I will sing to thee with wisdom in a perfect way shall my behaviour be O when in kindness unto me wilt thou be pleased to come I with a perfect heart will walk within my house at home and singing on to the end of the verse March 6 I mercy will and judgment sing
to acknowledge that in thee alone we live and move and have our being and to acknowledge also that we have no access unto thee except by faith in the Son of thy love. O Lord, we thank thee that thou hast given us an entrance to thy throne of grace through the blood of the everlasting covenant. For were it not for what Jesus has done and applied it to our hearts, we would have no right, but we do thank thee that we have a right. For by thy Spirit, through grace and faith bestowed upon us, we are enabled to come before thee in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we do so, we pray that thou wouldst give us the grace to acknowledge our many failings and our shortcomings and to believe that in Christ alone is all our surety for time and for eternity. We ask of thee, O Lord, to be a blessing upon us. Remember the congregation here. And remember all the families that are represented. And do thou remember those, O Lord, who are worshipping with us online, those who are not able to come because of physical illness or for other legitimate reasons. Then may we together, O Lord, rejoice and be glad in Thee to have the experience of the Lord Jesus Christ's presence and that Thou, O Lord, would help us to acknowledge our feelings and our shortcomings. They are many. Blessed be thy name, that thou hast set us apart. Thou hast delivered us from the bondage and the corruption of sin. Thou hast set before us the word of life to to this assurance. There is no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. We remember days and past when we were in the wilderness, in the waste howling wilderness. But we do thank thee that with the cords of thy love, thou hast drawn us and delivered us and shown to us a better way. And Lord, we pray that as a congregation, we might seek to present the very name of Christ and the ministry of Christ in the community. Give us words, we pray thee to speak. Give us the spirit of humility also, O Lord, that we would not think of ourselves above anything or above anybody else, but that we would be sober in our thinking and that we would remember the price that was paid for our redemption. We pray, O Lord, for every one of the congregation. We pray especially for those who may be going through difficult and trying times. We remember Mr. Rennick, we remember Greta, we remember all the family. May the blessings of Christ come upon them. May the sweet fragrance of Christ's love surround them. And may they be assured that as the congregation is concerned for them, that our concern is our love for them. We pray that thou wouldst remember them every moment of every day. And anything that troubles our hearts, wherever it comes from, whatever direction, we pray that thou wouldst give us the Spirit of Christ to be enabled to set before thee all that is our concern and whatever anxieties we have. May we leave them at the footstool of Christ. So, Lord, we ask of thee to continue with us at this time. Open to us the word of life. Speak to us individually and collectively through it. And do thou take away all offense, loving us in Jesus. 
Amen. I want us to read in the Old Testament, in the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 2, reading from verse 1 to verse 22. The word that Isaiah the son of Amos saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. It shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established as the highest of mountains and shall be lifted up above the hills and all the nations shall flow to it and many peoples shall come and say Sorry. many people shall say come let us gather up to the mountain of the Lord to the house of the Lord, God of Israel of Jacob that he may teach us his ways and that we may walk in his paths for out of Zion shall go the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem he shall judge between the nations and shall decide disputes for many peoples and they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks nation shall not lift up sword against nation neither shall they, they learn war any more O house of Jacob come let us walk in the light of the Lord the day for you have rejected your people O house of Jacob because they are full of things from the east and of former t- and of fortune tellers like the Philistines and they strike hands with the children of foreigners their hand is filled with silver and gold and there is no end to their treasures their land is filled with horses and there is no end to their chariots their land is filled with idols they bow down to the work of their their hands to what their, their fingers have made so man is humbled and each one is brought low do not forgive them enter into the rock and hide in the dust from before the terror of the Lord and from the splendor of his majesty the haughty look of man shall be brought low and the lofty pride of men shall be humbled and the Lord alone will be exalted in that day for the Lord of hosts has a day against all that is proud and lofty against all that is lifted up and it shall be brought low against all the cedars of Lebanon lofty and lifted up and against all the oaks of Bashan against all the lofty mountains and against all the uplifted hills against every high tower and against every fortified trail sorry, every fortified walk wall against all the, the ships of Tarshish and against all the beautiful craft and the haughtiness of man shall be humbled and the lofty pride of men shall be brought low and the Lord alone will be exalted in that day and the idols shall utterly pass away and people shall enter the caves of the rocks and the holes of the ground from before the terror of the Lord and from the splendor of his majesty when he rises to terrify the earth in that day mankind will cast away their idols of silver and their idols of gold which they made for themselves to worship so the moles to the moles and to the bats to enter the caverns of the rocks and the clefts of the cliffs from before the terror of the Lord 
and from the, the splendor of his majesty when he rises to terrify the earth stop regarding man in whose nostril is breath for of what account is he Amen and may God bless to us a reading of that word and to his name be all the praise we're now going to sing in the words of Psalm 26 Psalm 26 from the traditional verse on page 235 and we're going to sing verses 1 to 7 is it? 1 to 8, sorry, my mistake, sorry. We're singing verses 1 to 8. Judge me, O Lord, for I have walked in mine integrity. I trusted also in the Lord, slide therefore, shall not I. And so on to the end of the mark, verse mark 8. Judge me, O Lord. from John's Gospel in chapter 4 
John chapter 4, reading verses 1 to verse 26. Now when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus himself did not baptize, but only his disciples, he left Judea and departed again for Galilee. And he had to pass through Samaria. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near to the field that Jacob had given as his son to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the, into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from, one, from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God, who it is that is say, and who it is that is saying to you, Give me to a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have no not, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never thirst, never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up into to everlasting life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go and call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you have is not your husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one you have is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming, when neither in this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know. For salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming, and is now here, when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, he who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. And so on, and may God bless to us that further reading of his word and to his name be all the praise. We're now going to sing in the words 
of Psalm 65. Again in the Scottish Psalter, Psalm 65 and singing on to the end of the double stanza 4. Praise waits for thee in Zion, Lord, to thee vows paid shall be. O thou that hearer art of prayer, all flesh shall come to thee. Iniquities I must confess prevail against me too, but as for our transgressions, then purge away shalt thou. So on to the end of the double stanza four, praise waits for thee. Of our faith. 
Keep us ever then in the hollow of thine hand, forgiving everything that is an offence unto thee in our lives. And all we would ask is in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. I'd like us to turn this evening to the book of Psalms in Psalm 122. Psalm 1-2, and I'm going to read it. I was glad when they said to me, Let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem built as a city that is bound firmly together, to which the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, as, we de- as was decreed for Israel to give thanks to the name of the Lord. Their thrones for judgment were set, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they be secure. May they be secure who love you. Peace be within your walls and security within your towers. For my brothers and companions' sake, I will say, Peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. I want us to consider this evening what the psalmist here is drawing our attention to. We, I'm sure, have heard many a time preachers of the gospel referring to these psalms as the Psalms of Ascent. Psalm 120 right through to 134, they are all Psalms of Ascent. In the previous two Psalms, Psalm 120 and 121, we have the experience of the Psalmist there drawing attention to the afflictions through which he has come. These afflictions were based mainly upon many of his own family and even Saul. And it was very difficult, I'm sure, at times for him to feel very secure in God to have that assurance that he needed. But in Psalm 122, he changes the picture. We have another scene displayed for us. And the scene that is there is one of a man a worshipper of God, but one who needs to have the assurance that what he is doing is not fulfilling some kind of a ritual or some kind of rite, but like with many other people, he has a desire to worship God. I've often asked myself, what does that mean to me? What does it mean to yourself? When you look at the introduction of this psalm, we get a a tremendous picture, I think, of a united people wishing and desiring to experience worship and fellowship together in the house of God. We take things for granted even the opportunity of coming to the house of God, Sabbath by Sabbath, yes, we take it for granted. For the psalmist and for many others, they may not get up to Jerusalem, classified spiritually for them, as the place of worship. And it may only be occasionally, or maybe even twice a year. How could we cope with that? I think what has been said and been drawn to our attention here is what David feels within his own heart and soul very, very deeply. The influence of those who are like-minded with him, giving him to be encouraged. And if ever there is a time for us needing to be encouraged and to encourage one another, I'm sure it is now. What David is saying to us here is, the people have said to me, let us go up 
to the house of God. And that must have enthralled him. It certainly did encourage him. And we would have to ask ourselves, I wonder, how many people in our daily lives would we encourage to come to the house of God? For David, he was given the encouragement. The people said to him, let's go up to the house of God. And I think in that statement, it is not just a casual statement suggesting that this is just something traditional. Because it can become very traditional. In the church in which we have been brought up, there are many traditions like that. That we can stumble over. Or we could say they don't really benefit as much. I joyed when to the house of God go up, they said to me. There was joy in his heart. There was a reason, a purpose for him and others like-minded with him to go up to Jerusalem, to share in fellowship one with the other. And in many respects we would have to say There is no better unifying activity that the Lord's people can engage in than coming to the house of God together with one mind and one spirit. It's not a chore. At least it wasn't a chore for David and his friends and that must have been as a result of past experience. I wonder, is it said by any of us, that we have lost the desire? It's not the church's fault, necessarily, though there may be many things that the church can put out there that would cause people to stumble and fall over the whole activity of going to church. But for David, and for all his friends, This was a moment that in some ways demonstrated a great anticipation that when they went there, they would be blessed. In Hebrews chapter 10, I think it is, we are told there not to forsake the assembling of ourselves. I want to read something, a part of that in Hebrews and chapter 10. Because it is a reminder to us that this coming together is a tremendous privilege. A privilege that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. Sorry, I meant at this page. <coughs> In Hebrews chapter 10 and reading at verse 19. I'm going to read from the authorized person here. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh and having an high priest over the house of God let us draw nigh with a true heart in full assurance of faith having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering for he is faithful that promised And let us consider one another in provoking, sorry, let us consider one another to provoke and to love and to good works, but not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another so much the more as you see the day approaching. 
And that was all based, of course, on the fact that the Hebrews, as we heard a lot about this morning, maybe had lost sight of this great image, for the want of a better expression, of the second coming of our Lord. Everything that we do in our lives as Christians is anticipating the coming, the second coming of the Lord. And whatever intervenes in our experience before that happens, we have this assurance that the Lord is with us and that he will provide for us and that he will do us good day after day. David and his friends here are not going to Jerusalem as a result, as I suggested already, maybe of a conscience. But they're doing it because they long for that day when they can come together once again. For them, as I said, it might have only been twice or three times a year at special feasts. But for you and I, we have the opportunity to come to the house of God every single week and for prayer meeting. But is it the case that we don't really have a desire or we have lost the will? Has something happened that would cause us in any way at all to lose sight of the promises that are yea and amen in Christ Jesus? What Isaiah was saying there that we read in chapter 2 was that the believing community would have the experience that God had promised it. But of course, there had to be the anticipatory factor in the whole thing. If, and I don't mind repeating this, I've often referred to it, if we like the Psalmist 2 and Psalm 27 gives us a picture of what like it is for a believer in Christ to respond to the overtures of Christ's love. He says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Remembering this Psalm of, Psalm of Ascent, as the next ones are, are consequent upon troublesome times for David and the people of God as reiterated in Psalm 120 and but here the psalmist wants each and every one of us to enjoy the pleasures of God for a season listen to what he says as he goes on our feet have been standing within the gates of within your gates, O Jerusalem. I suppose it's an appreciation of the splendour of the temple itself. You know, the house of God, wherever it is, is only a building, and we know that. It after that was the case for the Jews, but it has some poignancy about it. For people like David and his friends who were coming in from a far country and they were gathering together. Maybe they never knew, met one another except at those occasions. Maybe they were desperate to do so. But what created the desperation was the desire that was in their own hearts individually. We will never benefit anything from coming to the house of God unless we anticipate that God would do us good. We stand in the courts of God's house. We may be amazed at many a time about the buildings that we would enter to worship God. But the important thing for David is as he says in verse 4 of Psalm 27, I have a desire. I have an overriding desire, is what he suggests to us. He may have many other desires that have legitimacy, as we all have. But what is the one overriding desire that makes us feel that we are something 
in the sight of a holy God. People might stand in awe of buildings, but that's not what is really happening here. Or with David in Psalm 27, one thing I desire of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Is that what was uppermost in their minds as they started to walk on the long journey to Jerusalem? To do what? To worship God. Oh, fellowship was certainly a great accompaniment to that gathering together to worship God. But when you really think about it, and that's, I suppose, what we have to do, and we ask ourselves, what does it mean to worship God? I wonder if we've ever tried to answer that question for ourselves. Never mind for others, and never mind so much the, the theological significances of it. But to worship God. Not something we really think about very often, is it? We come and we do it. But in the doing of it, what are we appreciative of? That we can find ourselves sitting in a building which accommodates a good number of people and we come together as the people of God like the Jews of old did like David and his friends but is it that case we don't maybe see one another from one weekend to the other or maybe we see some during the week but when you and I can come together in this way every Lord's Day surely there must be something of appreciation it's not just the fellowship that we can have and maybe it would be good for us to have more fellowship one with another to talk of the things of Christ because I'm sure that was what was done in their day as they walked up to Jerusalem there'd be many things that would be in their conversation well we know that in the situation with the two on the road to Emmaus there was a problem Jesus was crucified and they couldn't entertain it they couldn't believe that it would have happened their hearts were burdened yes so deeply burdened they were walking away from Jerusalem on the road to Emmaus. What benefit did they have in being Jerusalem? The only thing that they had witnessed was their Lord and Master was crucified. Jesus, having fallen to line with these men, asked them, Why are you sad? Maybe he does that to you and to me time and time again. Even when we come into the house of God, you might be saying to yourself, and let's face it, Jesus knows what we are saying to ourselves. You're asking yourself, why am I here? Why do I want to be here? Is there any particular reason for my being here? Well, I would hope that for all of us, it's not just out of duty. It's not out of tradition. But there is a deep longing in our hearts. Yes, sometimes we may feel we are starved. We are empty. That's the way these two disciples felt. You know? Jesus asked them, what's wrong? Do you not know? Do you not know what has happened in these days? What things? He gave them the opportunity to open and to speak out. And that's what we need to do with one with the other. To talk about the things that, yes, sadden us. And to talk about the things that, yes, enlighten our hearts and minds. And encourages us to go on in the name of the Lord Jesus. 
for David and his friends the opportunity of going to the temple was so important and they knew fine that when they went there they wouldn't go away empty now I know people like me preachers of the gospel so called we may stand here and maybe we don't give to you what your soul is really needing but at the very least the gathering together the coming together into the courts of God's house sharing in the worship and the fellowship with one another before a thrice holy God what a privilege I read the narrative of the woman of Samaria and Jesus' encounter with her and to me again it's a, a tremendous example of what can happen when people get the wrong end of the stick with regard to the worship of God this woman being a Samaritan oh there was many issues about her life and I'm not going to go into all of that just now but the big question was for her the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans and anyway she said it is in Jerusalem is the place where you worship we don't worship in Jerusalem she had many reasons to default Jesus but none of them stood up though Jesus knew exactly where this woman was coming from he knew what was in her heart he knew what was disturbing her and disturbing her so greatly that she had to conclude that he must be a prophet she still didn't see that he was the Messiah though she knew that the Messiah would come but Jesus' encounter with us with, with her and with you and me will open up all kinds of avenues that will show to us that there is so much more about going to church than just singing so much more than just praying and listening to the word of God being read and be, being proclaimed it's all got to do with our interaction with God. What is the desire of my heart as I am here? David said one thing I desire of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord. Just sit there? No. There was action. There was ongoing spiritual activity. Yes, great activity. behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple if you and I have anything at all that sets us adrift from the community of Christ's people if you feel that there is a barrier between you and Christ's people or maybe even just say different people Surely, this is the place where together we all desire the same thing. I'm sure that is true. But to desire it together is the important thing. In verse 6, David talks about praying for the peace of Jerusalem. May they be secure who love you peace be within your walls and security within your towers for what sake for my brethren's sake these people had come from afar different, different types of people from different communities different traditions and everything but they were coming together to Jerusalem because it's where God said he would meet with them in the temple during the time of various sacraments 
but being together in the house of God, praying for one another. What a powerful thing that is in itself. When you think of a body of people coming together, praying together, praying for one specific reason and purpose, and that is peace. Peace within the church. But before that can ever happen, there is the peace that I require, that you require as an individual, peace in our own hearts. That was the great message of the coming of Jesus, was it not? He shall bring peace to all people. That was his whole message of coming, to take away and, as it were, remove all that was holding them back. We ask ourselves, every day I'm sure, where is my peace? Where do I find my peace? If I am living in a community of Christ's people, and that's within the church, then I must be at peace with my brothers and sisters in Christ. I must have a desire for them and for their well-being, for their spiritual growth. I wonder what the conversation was with the psalmist and all his friends as they headed back home again. What was it that would have been their conversation? Maybe it would have been something like the two disciples who realized that the one to whom they had been speaking was none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. The one in whom they were with whom they were having communion and fellowship. And they return and they go to the others and tell them everything that Jesus had said. Peace, he says. Peace be within your walls and security within your towers. For my brothers and companions' sake, I will say, peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. Now we know that down through the generations, the Church of Christ has many times been in a state of dispeace. And maybe we've tried to find ways around it, but maybe human ways more than spiritual and God-giving ways. But I think the psalmist has it in a nutshell here. Because everyone was doing it, wanting the peace, wanting the fellowship, wanting the assurance of God's love, wanting to know more and more, as the psalmist says, of the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. David says, I joyed when to the house of God go up, they said to me. I wonder will that be a binding influence upon us all as we meet together week by week? The influence of, yes, the encouragement of Christ as the great king and head of his church, the one who has given the great promise, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. I've often thought, that we don't have maybe enough fellowship as we should. The main cardinal point, I think, that arise from this psalm is to express our thanksgiving to God. And the more that we can do that, that would suggest that we appreciate Him more and more. I think it's good to have testimony one to the other. I'm not talking about gatherings and people giving testimony as such, but individually to encourage one another. But the expectation 
What is it? What do I expect from coming to the house of God? Well, I'm quite sure that David and all his friends, they went to the house of God rejoicing because they knew fine that having gone, they would not be sent away empty. Their hearts will be filled like the two in the road to Emmaus. Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us by the way and has he opened to us the scriptures? May he grant us then the ability to come week by week with this spirit of the psalmist upon our hearts and souls. I joyed went to the house of God. Go up, they said to me. Shall we pray? O eternal and ever-blessed God, we do thank Thee that Thy word is a reminder to us that what we have in our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ is not something that we deserve, but Thou hast constantly reminded us that thine hand is open wide and according to the promise that was given to Micah to Malachi open the windows of heaven and see the blessings that I will pour out upon you so Lord guide us and keep us forgiving all offence loving us in Jesus Amen we're going to conclude by singing in this psalm, in the traditional version of it, page 416, Psalm 122, page 416, and we're going to sing the whole of the psalm. <clears throat> I joyed when to the house of God go up, they said to me. Jerusalem within thy gates our feet shall standing be. Jerusalem as a city is compactly built together. Unto that place the tribes go up, the tribes of God go thither. And so on to the end of the verse, Mark 9. I joyed, went to the house of God.
now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, the fellowship and the comfort of the Holy Spirit rest upon and remain with you 